Welcome to Texas Style Coworking. The ranch office is a neighborhood community office that delivers a warm atmosphere with a heavy dose of Southern hospitality. Located in Memorial, Katy, and Baytown, we offer private offices, conference rooms, event space, and much more. Come change things up and check us out. Remember, life is better at the ranch. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Government is the problem. This will not stand. This will not stand, this aggression against uh, Kuwait. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. America is a strong force for peace. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. And my vice president has shot someone. Do you smell what Barack is cooking? You didn't build that. Give you all a big kiss, the women and the men. I'll even kiss the men. Those big, powerful men. Sit down, you'll hear what I have to say. You're listening to the Oil & Gas Geopolitics Podcast, the show for those who want a spirited, irreverent, humorous, and occasionally informative discussion on the latest geopolitical issues that are impacting the energy sector today. Here is your host, Jordan Driscoll. Welcome to the program, my huddled masses. I am the aforementioned Jordan Driscoll, your industry malcontent and ATM of reckless opinion. Grab yourself a cup of coffee and let's get into it. Mm. Got a nice dark roast going today. All right. So there's lots that we could talk about from the Houthi rebels in Yemen launching rocket attacks against U.S. Navy and civilian shipping in the Red Sea. We could talk about the ongoing drama of the Ukraine war or the ongoing Israel-Hamas war. We could even take a stab at the recent Argentinian elections and the individual who just got elected. And honestly, I should probably just do an episode about that at some point, but it's not going to be tonight. Although, as an aside, I do encourage each and every one of you to just take a few minutes out of your day and Google a little bit about the newly elected Argentinian president, whoever it is you think just got elected, you're not prepared. You're wrong. Okay, just go go look him up. He's he's completely insane. Anyway, but no. Instead, tonight, we are going to talk about another potential hotspot also in South America and a brewing issue between Venezuela and neighboring Guyana. Now, if you've been paying attention to the news, then you might have heard that there are some very serious concerns about Venezuela invading Guyana. Most of the time, when we talk about Venezuela, it's usually in the context of a failing socialist economy, one million percent inflation, or the utter insanity of how a nation with so many natural blessings like endless amounts of oil, good soil for agriculture, temperate climates, or beautiful people could so comically fuck it all up thanks to staggering corruption, socialist economic policies, and generally poor leadership. But if there was one thing we didn't expect on our the Venezuelan people get the shaft bingo card, it was a land war with a neighboring country. Well, Merry Christmas, listeners, because here we are. So let's start by answering a few simple questions. First off, what the hell is actually going on? How the fuck did we get here? How big a deal is this? And where do we think we're going to go from here? So let's start with what the hell is actually going on. On December 3rd, 2023, Venezuelans went to the polls by order of President Nicolas Maduro on the um, creation of a new state. It would be Venezuela's 24th state, Guiana Esquiva. And I may be mispronouncing that because my Spanish is embarrassingly bad. But there's just one little problem. 
unlike, say, the United States's Ross-Rachel on-again, off-again relationship with voting to make Puerto Rico a state, Venezuela doesn't actually own or control Guiana Esquiba. That region is currently and entirely under the control of Guiana, Venezuela's neighbor to the southeast. And this isn't one of those situations where there's a whole lot of diplomatic ambiguity around it either. Virtually every country on Earth recognizes the Esquiba region as part of Guiana. After all, they've controlled it ever since Guiana's independence in 1966. But the story goes much, much further back than that. So, a little bit of history, because it's this show, and obviously we would. Guiana was originally a Dutch colony from about 1667 to around the 1850s. It was transferred to British control after the Napoleonic Wars and remained in the British Empire until it was granted independence in 1966. The territorial dispute over the Esquiba actually goes all the way back to Spain, who controlled Venezuela, and the Dutch, who controlled Guiana way back in the day. The Spanish claimed the region, but they never had control over it, and the Dutch did. Now, when Venezuela became independent, um, they maintained the claim, but at this point, the British Empire had possession of Guiana, including the Esquiba, and so there wasn't a whole lot they could do about it. Now, to give you some context, the Esquiba region isn't a small piece of land. It's actually larger than the entirety of England or Cuba, and it's... um, in fact, accounts for two-thirds of Guiana's overall landmass. That's right, Venezuela is trying to just annex two-thirds of the entire country of Guiana, just to make sure we're on the same page. And um, it's also home to around 300,000 people. Now, it is sparsely populated, jungle, all that, and we'll talk about the geography later on. But it should be noted that in the referendum that Venezuela held... um, the people actually living in Esquipa weren't allowed to vote. They actually don't get a say in this. Now, the official government position in Venezuela is that over 95% of the voting population participated in this referendum, and that over 95% of Venezuelans see the Esquipa as part of Venezuela and think it should be annexed. Now, reporters and independent agencies have cast doubt over how accurate the Venezuelan government's numbers are. Uh, in this election. Photos have shown practically empty polling locations, and statements from locals indicated it didn't seem all that busy, but unsurprisingly, anybody who's been too outspoken about the uh, referendum results have been branded traitors and um, arrested. Surprise, surprise. Now, that being said, some international agencies like the BBC have speculated that from all the evidence they have, it looks like the voter turnout was actually probably below 20%, somewhere between 15 and 20%. Now, naturally, Venezuela has taken time to muster troops and amass them near the border with Guiana, and this has caused the world, and more especially Guiana, to become extremely concerned that they're about to experience a invasion from their larger neighbor, or as Vladimir Putin likes to call it, a, a special military operation. So that's what's going on. So the question is, how the fuck did we get here? Well, there are two reasons that we got here. Um, One of them is practical, and the other one is more historical. Now, from a practical standpoint, Venezuela wants the Esquiba for the same reason any neighboring country wants a slice of another neighboring country. Tax deductions. 
No, I'm kidding, obviously. It's natural resources. The answer is always natural resources. You see, in 2015, ExxonMobil uh, discovered the Strawback block, which is very rich in oil. As of 2023, the reserves in the Strawback block are larger than all of those in Kuwait or the United Arab Emirates. And this block, this reserve they found, is entirely in this region of Guyana. Now, previously, oil only made up about 2% of Guyana's gross domestic product. Uh, But as of last year, it's grown to around 60%, and it's flooding money into the previously poor coffers of the Guyanese government. But it's not just oil. They've also found half a trillion cubic meters of natural gas reserves. Not to mention, the region's been discovered to be rich in gold, rich in diamonds, copper, uranium, and aluminum. So it's easy to see why the Venezuelan government might be interested in annexing the Esquibo region. But there's also some historical context. You see, the treaty between the Dutch and the British that transferred Guyana to the British Empire weirdly didn't specify the colony's western boundary with Venezuela. This was a bit of an oversight, admittedly, but it's one that's been around for a long time. And this nearly led to conflict, but essentially the Brits and the Venezuelans agreed to leave the region uninhabited until around the 1880s, or excuse me, the 1800s, when the British and Guyanese people started moving into the Esquibo. This nearly led to a war with all the parties involved, and um, eventually it was determined that an independent tribunal would be set up internationally to determine what the border should be. So, in 1899, the tribunal, consisting of two representatives from Venezuela, two representatives from Britain, as Guyana was a British colony, and one Russian mediator were called in. And this tribunal formed, they listened to evidence, looked at the historical antecedents, and they ruled in Britain's favor. And the Esquibo went to Britain and Guyana, where it's been recognized as the border ever since. But... That hasn't really stuck. You see, in 1949, Venezuela claims to have found evidence that the Russian diplomat had conspired with the British to swing the results of the tribunal in their favor, and the the Venezuelans had uh, floated the idea of considering the tribunal null and void. Now, there's that. When Guyana achieved independence in 1966, both Guyana and Venezuela signed something called the Geneva Agreement, which bound the two nations to settle the dispute over this uh, territory diplomatically and in international courts. So in 2018, Guyana went to the International Court of Justice at The Hague to finally get a legally binding ruling uh, on the dispensation of the Esquibo region. That process isn't expected to have a ruling for several years, but that's currently where it's at. Now, when Venezuela started doing their whole, we're going to annex this thing, uh, the international court said, listen, everything's looking like the 1899 um, treaty is still binding. We're going to rule on this in the next couple of years, but don't take any action until then. Venezuela's obviously ignored that, held this referendum, and generally inflamed uh, everybody uh, over this. So that is how we got here, a shittily drawn map back in the 16 and 1700s, which has led to this endless territorial dispute. 
Now, the question is, how big a deal is this? Oh, there goes my cell phone going off in take there. That's fine. Yeah, I, uh, I should turn that off. I would say that I'll take that out in post, but the odds are I probably won't. Okay, so let's talk about how big a deal this is. So, so far, it's certainly destabilizing things in the region. President Maduro of Venezuela has demanded the Venezuelan National Assembly declare the Esquipo a state. He's ordered military forces move near the Guyanese border, and he's ordered ExxonMobil to stop all production and exploration within the next three months, or he will have them removed from the area. That's a pretty baller play, because while Guyana may be a fairly small power in the grand scheme of things, you just don't go fucking around with ExxonMobil. Those are the big boys. Uh, anyway... There we are. Furthermore, President Maduro has ordered the Venezuelan state oil company to start preparing exploration licenses and plans for the region. They've already fucked up their exploitation of the Venezuelan resources. Why not do it in a neighboring state at this point? That should solve all their problems. But I digress. Now, most of the countries in South America, the Caribbean, Europe, and the United States have all signaled that they're not okay with Venezuela annexing the Esquibo. Now, keep in mind, South America hasn't had an armed conflict over land in decades. The last one between Peru and Ecuador was back in the 1940s. And the last time there was a conflict between a South American country and another nation outside of South America uh, was the Falklands War between the British and the Argentinians back in the early 80s. So, long story short, South America, strangely, has one of the best track records um, in the world of peaceful territorial conflict resolution. Now, Brazil, which has the largest economy, nation, and military in South America, clearly aims to keep it this way. And they've sent some pretty strong signals to Venezuela, both diplomatically telling them to step the fuck back, but also by deploying Brazilian troops to the border that they have between Venezuela and Guyana. Now, it should be noted that the only road that runs from Venezuela into this Esquibo region actually runs into Brazil first and then into the Esquibo. There's not actually a direct way to get into the region from Venezuela due to geography, and we'll talk about that more later. Now, President Maduro would have to be crazier than a coke-fueled rattlesnake um, to try and move his forces through Brazil to attack and occupy the Esquiva. And the Brazilian government certainly wants to remind him of that, judging from their military buildup along the border. But that brings us to what's perhaps Guiana's strongest ally in the region, and that is the aforementioned geography. The terrain on the border between Venezuela and the Esquiba region is what military analysts might call a fucking shit show. It's got dense rainforests, steep, uncharted mountains and cliffs, rivers, swamps, you name it. And with no roads running between these two regions, there's no way to get armor or tanks or any of mechanized military forces in the area. The only option would be to either A, go through Brazil, which Brazil has put military forces there and basically said, yeah, don't even think about it, or to literally march into the Esquibo with infantry only. And um, that would be extremely difficult. Now, extremely difficult is not impossible, but that is the military lay of the land should this erupt into a full conflict. The next question, where do we go from here? 
Well, that's a good question. So geography might make an invasion unlikely. It doesn't make it impossible. Venezuela's military massively outguns Guyana's. Venezuela has 123,000 active duty military personnel with tens of thousands more in reserve. Guyana has an entire military force of 3,400 people. Guyana has a navy consisting of two coastal patrol boats compared to Venezuela, which has two frigates, nine postal, uh, coastal patrol boats, and one submarine. And when it comes to an air force, Guyana basically doesn't have one. Meanwhile, Venezuela is boasting 24 Russian-built Su-30 fighter aircraft. Now, that being said, years of economic sanctions and economic crises have rendered more than likely much of Venezuela's air force and navy and probably army too, much less operable and effective than it otherwise might be. But even if we assume that it's a complete dumpster fire and a total paper tiger, having 100,000 troops versus 3,000 certainly puts the odds in your favor in a straight-up fight. Venezuela just dwarfs Guyana in any unit of measurement, even if it is just a straight-up infantry battle. But the odds are good, in my opinion, it's not going to come to an armed conflict. The risks are simply too large and might completely destroy the Maduro regime. You see, the U.S. has only recently begun to ease up on the economic sanctions it has on, its, on Venezuela. And should a war kick off, you can bet your oil-soaked pension that the U.S. will be clamping those sanctions right back on. The other thing to keep in mind is that a lot of neighboring countries in South America and the Caribbean didn't actually ever sanction Venezuela the way the U.S. did. They didn't want to rock the boat. But virtually every country in South America and the Caribbean is against any attempted at Venezuela annexing the Esquibo, which means it's very likely if it does come to an armed conflict, they probably will start making sanctions. And since those sanctions have been wearing off, and Maduro's getting to come in from the cold a little bit and see a little bit of money come back into the Venezuelan economy, this would be an awfully bold play because at the end of the day, they would go right back into a full free fall, economically speaking. Okay, so furthermore, even if the U.S. doesn't get militarily involved, there's the strong threat that Brazil probably would. And while the Venezuelan military might... Uh, be a juggernaut compared to Guyana, even in its best shape, it is dwarfed by the Brazilian military, which is the largest military power in South America. So the smart money says that the entire referendum was a desperate attempt by Maduro to whip up some patriotic fervor ahead of the 2024 presidential elections, elections which Maduro is deeply unpopular in. Uh, that being said, pretty much everyone has said the same thing about Russia and the Ukraine, and that didn't stop Vladimir Putin from marching across the border. Officials in Venezuela have said that if Putin can annex Crimea and the Ukraine, why can't he annex the Esquibo? Which leads us to the bigger problem that Putin's war in the Ukraine has caused for the world, and that is the general breakdown of the peaceful resolution of territorial conflicts that we've had in the past century. I mean, if you think about it, since the end of World War II, nobody's tried to go and gobble up other nations for the natural resources in any major way. I mean, say what you will, but that sort of thing just hasn't been done up until the past decade. And most of that's been Russia trying to 
gobble up little bits and pieces of the former CIS. Well, now Venezuela is taking their shot at that as well, or at least considering it. Okay, so if you think about it, in the past couple of, uh, well, hell, in the past two years, you've got Russia invading Ukraine, you've got Azerbaijan conquering part of Armenia, you've got Ethiopia threatening to evade, uh, invade Eritrea, and you've got the ever-present communist invasion of Taiwan looming on the horizon. So at the end of the day, what we have here is a situation where, for the most part, people don't know what's going to happen. Um, could Maduro decide to invade Guyana? Yes. I think personally it's probably fairly unlikely. I think that all of this was basically to try and unify people behind a concept, an idea of something before the 2024 elections. Because at the end of the day, he is doing so poorly over there that it's possible even with trying to rig the election, he just might not win. And yes, we will obviously be covering the Venezuelan election on this show when that time comes. So uh, that is the situation in Venezuela for anybody who is interested. Uh, coming up, we're going to be doing a, um, the plan is a end of a year special episode panel show with a bunch of different hosts on. That'll be fun. Um, Probably going to do, I may wind up having to break down and do an episode on that whole uh, Argentinian election. The new president's an absolutely comical character. Uh, just, yeah, we're going to do that, I think. Um, and also, I've got a big stack of questions, so I'm probably going to have to do a Q&A episode here pretty soon. So those are the things that we've got uh, lined up and in the bag uh, coming down the pipeline. Um, as always, if you guys are enjoying the show and would like to rate and leave a review on iTunes, that helps us out quite a lot. And also, if you ever have any questions, you are more than welcome to send them to me at jordan.driscoll at OGGN.com or hit me up on LinkedIn and happy to talk to you there as well. And of course, the, um, the secret, not so secret plan of renaming this show is still in the works. So just keep an eye out for that. Uh, at any rate, this is kind of a short one, the holiday season, so I don't want to burn too much of your time, but give you a little bit of info on this geopolitical crises uh, in South America. Uh, so there we are. This is Jordan Driscoll reminding you that maybe we should invade Guyana. I probably have a land claim to the Esquibo, don't I? See you guys on the next one. Join us again next week on the Oil & Gas Geopolitics Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.